What's up, everybody? Welcome to the number one rated podcast in Angolia and the only podcast endorsed by my personal physician. No judgments here. I'm your host, Mike, and with me as always, the man that makes it all happen, my favorite co-host and yours, William. Will, how you doing, my friend? Mike, we are doing good. The Razorbacks just won. We advanced to the Sweet 16. It's March Madness weekend. Ah, glorious. I'm, I'm on a high right now, Mike. I'm on. Awesome. I'm, I'm on a high right now. I feel good. I feel great. The heart is beating well. Good to go. How are Excellent. you today? I'm I'm good. It's been a low key day. Uh, just kind of just been hanging out, just enjoying the weather. Can't say too much. I don't really get into the whole March Madness thing. So I college, bas- college basketball is hard for me to follow. I so. agree. I think college basketball for the most part sucks. <laughs> I don't watch a lot of March Madness. I always fill out a bracket though. Uh, the Razorbacks right. have been bad for a very long time, so my interest has waned many. Much, much, much uh, since the 90s. Uh, right. So we we finally have a good squad. And uh, being the bandwagon Fairweather fan that I am, I'm back and excited. But, uh, well, I, yeah, I didn't watch a lot of basketball this weekend, just the, the two hogs game, and then just kind of followed along with the rest through social media and my friend's messenger threads. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm glad that you have, have a, a team that you are following and they're doing well. Hopefully uh... – they can maintain that momentum. So we're going. We're going for the we big got, time. We got a lot to cover today. Crap ton of stuff. So let's get yeah. this party. Let's get this party started. Yeah. I hope you have but, a rundown for me because uh, I, I don't have it. All right. Well, hold hold the phone. I need to make a statement first. Oh, um, go ahead. So it came to my attention through uh, your other podcast that uh, we totally shit on the Grammys last weekend, and you know what? I have no apologies. Oh. Okay. Um, just wanted to let that be known that sure. uh, no matter us being fans of music or whatnot, mm-hmm. and uh, the Grammys are still shit. So okay. we could we could take that to bed and and uh, not have to talk about it anymore. And um, I will say one more thing that the comparing the Grammys to the Oscars is a joke, uh, just because of the fact that you know not all the music uh, is fully represented the way that the Oscars are and. None of those Grammy winners I felt for rock or anything like that were deserving. So I just call bullshit. So I'm done with that. So no more Grammy talk. But uh, we get started. What do you got for news today? Wow, that was uh, that's quite a statement. Uh, way to, way yeah. to start the show with the statement. Man, there is a lot of news, and I hope that I have it all. I meant to send you the news items to remind me, oh, um, but I didn't. The, there was a whole bunch of concert festival news this week. Yes. There's festivals dropping. There's festivals adding. It's hard to keep up with this COVID stuff anymore. Um, but uh, so Summer Camp, uh, which is a basically a hippie jam festival, uh, that's in Illinois, uh, released their lineup. It's not really our stuff, but they always make, if you listen to jam bandsy stuff, uh, this is really the festival to go to these days, in my opinion. It's it's basically led every year by Mo and Umphreys McGee, and you got the lettuce on there, and you got a whole bunch. They got 3-6 Mafia on the lineup this year, which is not jam band in any no, way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> but but uh, uh, they, they always have uh, some interesting lineups. I used to know a few friends who would make the trips and the voyage from Arkansas up to yeah, it used to be in Chile, Cop, Illinois. I think that's still the location may have changed, but uh, it's been around for about 15 years. Uh, they made their announcement for a lineup this year uh, happening in August. 
Um, but Coachella are the big boys who have uh, continually just con- postponed, moved dates. They officially called it a, a kibosh on 2021. Uh, they're, they're trying to say that, that they'll be back in April of 2022. So they're done for the year. Uh, I'm guessing that means that everybody from the lineup from last year, uh, they're, they're just going to have to start over uh, brand new from scratch. Right. Um, so those are the, the main uh, worker uh, who, who I feel is probably, if I have a bucket list festival worldwide rock worker, which I believe is in Belgium, um, they, their, their lineup uh, boasted red hot chili peppers, Pearl jam, Royal blood, Tom York, uh, 21 pilots, a host of other acts. Um, and each and every year uh, they are just their, their lineups are off the charts. Uh, they went ahead and canceled this year. So they'll be starting over in 2022. Uh, Hinterland up in your neck of woods uh, in Iowa, uh, right. which is a much, much smaller regional festival. They announced a lineup. I believe a lot of it is carryover from 2021. It's happening uh, in, I believe, the second week of August. Main headliner is uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the Avett Brothers. But your boy uh, Marcus King is on there. Nice. And I saw another one of your boys who I can't think of because I don't have it in my head because I didn't write it down because that's how I roll sometimes. Uh, but there's a couple of acts on the undercard uh, that would make for a cool show. But I think that's in St. Charles, Iowa. I don't know if you know where yep. that's St. Charles, Iowa. Um, looks like the August 6th through 8th. Got the Ab- oh, Tyler Childers is on there. There you go. I there's, like one, there's one guy on the undercard that I know that you listen to Black, as well. Black Pumas are on there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Marcus King Band, I like him. Shooters on there. I'm looking. I can't see. I don't know who you would be referring to. Well, maybe it was just uh, maybe it was just Marcus King. I thought there was two acts that you've recently gotten into, but maybe it was just Marcus King. And maybe I was thinking of. Uh, Black Pumas there since you mentioned. You could have been before. thinking of Black Black Pumas. I do like the Black Pumas, and yeah. you know what? Uh, that would be a pretty good one to go to. Yeah, take away the I fact think. that it's in August. Yeah, it's August in Iowa. I mean, yeah, it's going to probably be hot, but at this point, you know, I don't really care. I've had worse experiences in the weather. So. <laughs> yes, as we've discussed, yes. um, other festivals uh, outside the lands. The interesting thing about Coachella. Uh, just putting a kibosh on it is outside lands, which to me is probably at this point is a top five American festival as far as grossing uh, in uh, uh, attendance. They're they're in San Francisco. Coachella's right outside of L.A. Outside lands went ahead and moved to Halloween weekend and released mm-hmm. a full full lineup. Uh, now, I thought the lineup was pretty much shit, and they've had some really good lineups in the past that made me think that perhaps one day I will go attend this festival. Uh, but this lineup uh, was to to me uh, was far uh, from something I need to see. So it was Tame and Paula, yeah. and I'm not sure how much of this lineup is a carryover from last year, um, if they even announced the lineup last year because it was happening in August. So, but uh, Tame and Paula, Lizzo, The Strokes, Tyler the Creator, Vampire Weekend, Jay Balvin. Uh, Kalani, the 1975s, you and Young Thug are the main headliners. And then a lot of times I'll start looking through the undercard and I'll be like, all right, there's some, there's some cool stuff in here. I didn't really see any cool stuff in the undercard. Uh, 
Now that could just be me uh, being out of touch with uh, <laughs> what these music festivals are doing. Uh, the yeah. one, the one act I like in there, well, I, I did see the Who in there, I believe, who were supposed to be on Royal yeah. last year, um, and then Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, uh, which is the lead singer from, I believe, Something Corporate and uh, Jack's Mannequin. Um, but uh, other than that, it's just not a real strong lineup that I think can get 70 to 80,000 people like they usually do on an annual basis. So it'll be interesting to see how those tickets sell. It's also yeah, a little I was looking at, you know what, and actually the three-day general admission and the VIP are sold out. Oh, okay. That. Well, there yeah, we go. Looking at, looking at their website right now, and that's what it says at the heading. So, um, yeah, it's surprising. Either people are really, really desperate for some, <laughs> for some music, or these are bands that maybe – we should listen to i i don't know um <laughs> i don't think so yeah. but that's just me so do you listen yeah. to uh do you listen to uh we'll move on from that uh because I'll, I'll say that we know what we're doing uh and outside lands <laughs> you know outside lands has become one of those festivals that can just sell tickets based off of their title um and right. perhaps perhaps it's it's because of that instead of who's on the lineup do you listen to rise against mike are you ever been a rise against yeah fan? i i like rise against i wouldn't say that i'm a you know that i'm gonna run and you know they're probably not a something i'm just gonna pick out list to but if they come up in a playlist or or anything like that um yeah i'm gonna check them out okay so rise against uh, released a new single this week i did not have a chance to listen to it yet uh, in time of our this pod uh but they've also right. announced a new album i believe coming out later uh, in the summertime uh june so, 4th thank you look at you you're on did i send you a list of the news i wanted to share with you no i'm just i'm just typing away man as you were you were quick i'm just gonna keep I'm just going to give you the topic and I'm going to let you search and you're going to finish the news for me. Um, okay. So uh, Rage Against the Machine's last concert uh, was LA Rising, which at this point was seven or eight years ago. And Rise Against was on that bill. Um, I saw Rise Against uh, approximately four or five years ago um, in Tulsa, really good live band. Um, and I, I do like a few of their songs, but I'm not much like you stated. I like a lot of the stuff that they do, but I've never been a massive Rise Against fan. But uh, I'm happy to right. see that they're back uh, and releasing new music and a new album. So looking forward to that. As far as uh, live streams, uh, Pussifer announced that they're going to be doing a live stream on April 17th. I always find it interesting to see what Maynard does outside of Tool uh, because Maynard and his bands of a, of a perfect circle and Pussifer always are accessible uh, to the world. And Tool is the complete opposite of that. I don't think we're ever going to see us uh, checking out a live stream of Tool anytime over the next three or four months. No. Probably has not been a conversation worth having. Uh, but if you like some live streams, Pussifer on April 17th, Seven Dust is doing a really cool live stream. Um, uh, the weekend before that, April 10th and 11th, uh, they're playing their first, uh, well, uh, Home, which is their second album released in season, which is their third album released. They're playing both albums live in full back-to-back uh, -back nights. Uh, so that should be awesome if you're into the live stream situation. Gotcha. And then don't forget, obviously, the uh, Phil Anselmo and the Illegals, I think is like April 9th. Yeah, it's coming up to some really cool. And do you? How about that corn live stream? You got that date while we're at, while we're here? No, I do not. Okay. Well, there's a corn live stream out there. We discussed that a little bit last week. I did not have the date last week either, so I've had a full week uh, to find out what that corn live stream date is, and I failed. Saturday, Saturday, April twenty fourth. Man, April. 
April's going to be rip roaring. These these guys are ready yeah. to get back on the road, right? It's about to be summertime. Springs in the air. Happy spring to everybody, uh, by the way. Uh, I love springs. My favorite season. Spring is in the air. Bands are ready to start performing. Everybody's getting excited. Uh, I'm getting my first vaccination tomorrow. Things are on the up and up, people. Let's let's go. Right. Yeah, I'm getting my max vaccination on the 31st. So I'm um, pretty excited about that. You know and if that's what's going to be required to be able to see some shows, then so be it. So uh, that's another, what I got. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another festival out there uh, that announced their lineup a couple weeks ago, and I think uh, I just forgot to bring it up. Uh, it's called Furnace Fest, which is in Alabama. Um, they are more they're, – they're closer to what our rock genre is, Mike, but I think it's still a little bit outside of our realm. But the headliners are Under Oath, uh, Kill Switch Engage, and taking back Sunday. Um, and I, I know that Thursday and thrice are also on the bill. There's a lot of cool rock bands on that bill. Um, it would be a pretty cool little concert. A lot of bands that, it, well, I, I shouldn't say a lot, but a few bands on there that have hit the rock Oklahoma second stage a few times throughout their careers. Do you, do you have that lineup to, to share any other? I artists? do. I do. Let's see how we got hate breed on there. What? Hate breeds uh, on there? Yeah. I, yep. I, don't, I don't recall seeing it. That's awesome. Yep. They're listed pretty far down. Um, Asteroid, Cave-In, Coverage, Death Eater, 18 Visions. Um, Andrew WK is on there. Mm-hmm. I'm just scanning it, and I'm not seeing any that are really jumping. Amberlin, I think I've heard of them. Yeah, I'm not seeing any others that really jump out at me that I know. Yeah, this is kind of more of the uh, the metalcore, mallcore uh, type of yeah. uh, rock. That, that's the type of music that I've really not gotten into is yeah. that type of stuff. So. Yeah, understood. And then I believe my last news item of the day is Chevelle. We saw an, uh, an article, a story this week we, should, we discussed in our Rocklahoma group. Uh, Chevelle states that even though they've sold 6 million albums, they've made no money. Uh, off of these albums because of how shitty their contracts are, which is just flabbergasting. That yeah, that is. I, I just I I don't get that. You know I don't know what on average you make per album that you sell, but you know even if it's a dollar, I mean you've made six million dollars. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Now that don't now maybe that don't seem like much in you know what we think of as in terms of what rock artists or you know they're millionaires, but. I mean, $6 million is nothing to scoff at over 20 years. Yeah, and you would think it would be something like that. I think uh, the Blabbermouth put in there, you know, they, they just put it in a ballpark figure. If you, if each album is $10, that's $60 million that somebody's making money there. And so, yeah, right. I mean, a dollar out of 10 is 10%. Surely the bank can get 10%, but then, I mean, they've, they've obviously – uh, had some really poor representation and some really poor labels who uh, were not out for their uh, good 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 intentions. They were out for lining their own pockets. Uh, so that's yeah. that's unfortunate to hear for Chevelle because obviously uh, the the times of selling albums are no longer there. Uh, so right. you know when tours open back up, they're basically going to have to go on the road for the next three years, uh, doing about 150 to 200 shows a year to make some money. Well, I haven't checked to see where they are on the charts this week, but I know that it um, it it started out well for them, and you know, and and he has said that you know if this doesn't do well, then we may not hear from them for a while. <laughs> so, but uh, Morgan Wallen is still number one on the top uh, two hundred Billboard charts. 
That's amazing. Uh, I guess he's just going to be number one as long as we have a podcast. Probably. And then, we'll, we'll see, when was this last updated? March 20th. So, yeah, that was just yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, they're still sitting at number nine. They're still sitting at number nine on the charts. So, well, then that's got to be there. There's no way Chevelle stayed at number nine. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I, I I expect Chevelle to have a decent first week, and and they opened at number nine. I do not expect them to have a decent second week to where they stay in the top ten. So, I think that's I think that news is last week's news, and they use March 20th as the that's the chart week is what I'm going to state there. That's going to be my guesstimate there. Because I I think Chevelle's one of those bands, you know, a lot lot of rock bands are like that. They're going to have a high charting in week one, uh, but they're going to have a real precipitous drop uh, unless they make their own inward video to release to the masses, I guess. Um, Right. And and fall, they're they're probably going to fall pretty significantly far back in their second week. Well, let's hope not, because I need more Chevelle in my life. Yeah, I, I I hope they have a good second week, and I hope... Uh, you know, we, we we don't want to hear Chevelle stating that if this album doesn't do work, and who knows how he's going to judge that since nobody buys albums anymore. Um, I'm not sure. Right. I'm not sure how he's going to look at that. But uh, I, I want to continue hearing Chevelle music every two to three years. That's 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 the goal here. Let's make it happen, people. Definitely. Well, should we give everybody our most major announcement of all time? Of all time. Now? Yeah. Let's, of all time. Let's get it out there. Of all time. So. You know, we have we have an announcement. We've worked really hard behind the scenes to make this happen for the folks of uh, Nebraska and anywhere else that may be Haspel. But we are going to be sponsoring our first ever concert event. <laughs> good, good stuff, good stuff. So what we have coming up here um, is at the Bourbon Theater is Mr. Corey Taylor, who announced that he was going to be going on tour. And we were fortunate enough to have Lincoln as one of our dates. So we did reach out there. Um, it's going to be Saturday, June 19th at the Bourbon Theater in good old Lincoln, Nebraska. Corey Taylor, sponsored by No Judgments here. <laughs> now, does Corey Taylor and the Bourbon know that we are the sponsors of this concert? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Well, but I tell you, we did it. We, all... we must have done a really good job because it sold out immediately. It sold out. Um, yeah, it sold out really quick. I was fortunate enough to, to scoop us up some tickets. Um, so we will be going to that. It'll be a uh, no judgments here night. You know, if, if it wasn't so loud, I'd say we do a live podcast, but yeah. don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, but uh, I'm yeah, looking forward be. to it. It will be. It should be at that point. Uh, that's that's. I mean, that's really right down the road, three months away. Uh, it will be yeah. our first official no judgments here concerts um plus review um which is you know, quite frankly what we really want this show to be about is, is live music yeah uh, we're happy to talk music news but man if we can start talking live music and giving some concert reviews and some experiences uh, i'm all that's that's what this is ultimately that's the that's the goal i want the future of this show to have so I, i'm oh, excited yeah, definitely right and, and i'm excited for our, our Rocklahoma crew of Trey and Michael to join us uh, for a little road trip action. Um, hopefully that ESB notification doesn't come across on the recording. Uh, something's happened out there in March <laughs> Madness world or somewhere. Uh, ESPN's hit me up with three notifications now in about 30 seconds, but uh, uh, oh, yeah, I, I haven't heard. Nothing, yeah, so. I'm excited for the, the road trip for Trey, myself 
and Michael to get to Lincoln. And it's going to be uh, Trey's very first visit to my old stomping grounds of Lincoln, Nebraska. So we'll, yes. we'll, we'll give him a proper tour uh, of the city, uh, of a grand city of Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, I mean, we, you know, um, our representatives have been in contact with the mayor's office to roll out that red carpet. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if that will happen, but, you know, we can always try. There's no lack of effort. No so, lack of well, effort. What else do you got for news? Anything else? I think that's Was the that end of all? the news. I, I think what we, uh, the one thing I wanted to state for Corey Taylor, Corey Taylor, as we uh, mentioned last week, uh, he's, he said he's, him and the, the show be real stringent on following COVID protocols. Um, so yep. as we stated, I believe the bourbon's in that 650 to 700 capacity range. So I'm expecting about what, 150 to 200 people there to see Corey Taylor. Uh, so it should be a cool experience. Pretty awesome that we were able to scoop up four of those tickets. Did I do the math yeah, right, I mean, right thanks there? To, yeah, uh, the tickets. Thanks to well, our sponsorship. I mean, if you figure 50%, 50%, so yeah, probably 300 would be my, would be top, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to get a, a pre-sale from my sister, so um, thanks to my sister for, Cam, yeah. for hooking us up. Yeah, so. good, job. good job. Excellent. Well, it's been a bit... Uh, moving on to, the, our, to uh, our next segment, which is the most important lesson of the day, the history lesson. Um it's time for Will's concert history. What do you got for this week? Man, this week was a cool week of uh, concert memories, Mike. Uh, and again, like I stated, it is that first week of uh, a spring. And for me, I, I'm usually mm-hmm. pretty dead in that January, February time range. Uh, you know, I try not to travel. I, I certainly don't want to buy tickets, only to be squashed by some type of crap weather. That makes me not go to the concert. So I, I generally wait till March uh, before I really start hitting shows. Uh, and, and so I, I had some really cool cool shows this week as memories uh, including today uh 15 years ago i saw nine inch nails um in, nice. in little rock arkansas it was a spur of the moment decision a couple of friends of mine uh mr dave and, and mr wheeler uh, were rolling through from northwest arkansas they called me up to see if i wanted to go i actually told them no uh, they kept on rolling uh, but i sat on it for like i don't know 30 45 minutes later and Got in the vehicle and went by myself, bought a ticket at the door and uh, watched Nine Inch Nails put on their usual fabulous, awesome show. I was sitting by a crowd of a crew of dicks who uh, threw a shoe at me and spit on me. Uh, so I threw the shoe wow. back in the and I, I got up and left. And it, it wasn't a sold out concert. So I just went to another section. I don't know what their issue was with me exactly. But, uh, you know, you, you don't you, you, you just you just you just, you just rub that off. You just. You just shove that off. Dicks are going to be dicks. Right. I'm, I'm sure they're doing just fine with their life uh, these days. I'm, I'm they're probably in prison. Yeah, they probably are. That, that's that's what I it. Now, uh, on oh. on March 16th of 2013, uh, I took my mother. Uh, we were celebrating, celebrating uh, St. Patty's Day to uh, Memphis, Tennessee, to see Elton John. It was my first nice. Elton John performance. I had actually had a ticket to see him in Billy Joel. Uh, with the family uh, to celebrate my graduation from college in 2009. And that show ended up getting canceled and not uh, rescheduled. So this uh, show in 2013 was my first opportunity to see Elton John. Uh, He wasn't feeling well. I do recall that, but he put on a full show looking at the set list, 26 songs. So uh, still a great show. That show also was not a sellout, but it was uh, my one and only show at FedEx Arena in Memphis, Tennessee, right off of Bill Street. Um, Uh Another one. Let's see here. Oh, uh, this uh, on uh, March 15th, 2016, a five-year 
uh, anniversary. Uh, we, uh, the, the wife and I went to Miami uh, for our five-year anniversary and Rihanna and Travis Scott were in town. So I bought some tickets to see Rihanna and Travis Scott uh, in Miami at the American Airlines Arena. Um, it was a cool show. Drake showed up. I just sing a few songs with Rihanna. Uh, Rihanna was looking beautiful, gorgeous. Uh, she is a queen in my eyes, better than Beyonce. Uh, cool show, oh, yeah. good time. Uh, and then let's see, Robbie Krieger. This may, I may have been I may have been able to talk about this last week actually, and I think I'm yeah, gonna, you did talk about that yeah, last week. So I think yeah. those are the main ones. Uh, one thing I did talk about um, with my 2013. As I'm trying to look at it right here. Hold on, just give me one second. Just give me one second. I'm trying to catch up with my notes here. I can't find it. Never mind. I was going to say uh, 2013 was really uh, the most epic concert year I've ever had. Uh, I saw 42 concerts that year, uh, including going to festivals at the Hangout Festival, um, Bill Street Festival, New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, plus a Rockahoma performance plus i saw great acts eric clapton's another one that i'm celebrating this week uh, also saw him in 2013 saw george Strait that year i uh, saw john mayer saw billy joel saw elton john uh, a lot of first i saw beyonce that year i saw taylor swift i saw ed sheeran plus i saw all the the great hard rock acts so um wow. 2013 was just a really fun fun year for me with concerts yeah it sounds like it i think that's all i, I would like to see taylor swift yeah, I mean, I think everybody. I, I think everybody that. should go see uh, Taylor Swift. I think so too. I mean, I think she's awesome. Yeah, but anyhow, this week also saw the debut of the Long Live Rock documentary. Did you get a chance to watch that? Yes, I did. Uh, it was it was interesting because a part of the documentary was they they um, so we're we're part of a on Facebook right now. We're we're all part. Uh, of a Rocklahomey crew, right? Where everybody sits there and they speculate and they talk politics and they talk plans and camping and everything else. Well, I actually did this with Rock on the Range because I attended it back in 2008 with our buddy Shane when he lived in Columbus. And I was on this MySpace group at that particular time. (laughs) MySpace. MySpace, uh, a Rock on the Range crew. And that crew uh, really turned into a community, much like a lot of this Rocklahomey people are doing. And so in this documentary, they actually got um, with this, some of these communities, like a, a, I, I want to say six to eight members uh, of these, mm-hmm. of this community who became friends over Facebook. And now they're uh, uh, going to rock on the range on an annual basis. It's now called Sonic Temple. Um, so it was cool seeing that aspect of how people came together as strangers on the internet, ended up becoming friends. And every year uh, they end up going to this music festival, rock on the range, um, I wouldn't say it's a must-see because they spent an inordinate amount of time on crowd surfing, which I just found very strange. Yeah. Because I just don't care about crowd surfing. And there was this couple in it was this couple specifically that they were really following. And this couple has to be in their like our age, mid forties, okay. maybe fifties. And at one point they the way they crowd surf is the husband he gets the first one up and then she gets on top of them and stands on them and they go, they crowd surf like that. And I was like, I don't understand what you need. I don't like, why are we, why is this in a documentary? And then the last year they went to Sonic temple, they decided to buy some hamster balls 
uh, human hamster balls, you know, and they got inside yeah, the yeah. balls and that's how they crowd surfed. And I was like, I just don't understand why we're spending so much time on crowd surfing. And then there was another girl who's in a wheelchair. She was in a motorcycle wreck and lost a leg and it followed her as she crowd surfed. And I was like, all right, I think we get the point here. Crowd surfing is a unique rock and roll thing, but it was a lot of uh, time on rock and roll, but the, they interviewed everybody. Uh, I mean, you, you name it. Uh, they, they interviewed everybody for snippets of the show. Uh, Duff McKagan, Rob Zombie, Lizzie Hill, Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach, Miles Kennedy, uh, uh, Ice-T. Uh, there were a lot of guests. Uh, Jonathan Davis from Corn. I can, I'm going to keep on coming up with people as I, I talk. So they, they just basically right. – uh, everything that they said was really cool. And they did uh, a, about a five to ten minutes about what use how music enough lip uplift people and they talked about the chris mm-hmm. cornell um and the chester bennington deaths and how rock music uh is really a community and how you know despite how sad something like that is the rock community comes together as a whole you know Corey taylor you know that they were uh, soundgarden was on the way to sonic temple rock on the range when he committed suicide like the band was in route to play and headline that particular night uh, when they had yeah. to pull over and find out that Chris Cornell had passed away. So uh, Rock on the Range had to had to like come up with something immediately uh, to see how they were going to react to this. And they ended up getting Corey Taylor, uh, who we will be seeing. Uh, they yep. ended up doing – Corey Taylor did a tribute that particular night for uh, Chris Cornell. I re- yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that because I think they were uh... – were they live streaming that or maybe it was the next day or something like that. And I, I was able to catch that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really cool. So, and obviously Corey Taylor is a fantastic front man. And he, yeah, I mean, yeah. I imagine that was very difficult uh, of, of an event for him to do, but he, he did a great job. And they, they also showed kind of a, a similar thing at the Aftershock uh, festival a few years back, uh, shortly after Vinnie Paul passed away. A lot of the artists got together uh, the day that Hell Yeah was supposed to perform um, Aftershock, and they got together and did a a Benny Pantera set. So it was cool stuff like that. Uh, I mean, again, if you're into music documentaries and and kind of seeing your favorite artists perform um, and talk about the music, it's not really concert-driven. There's no live performances in there. They just kind of show the crowd over and over again. And, and, you know, Uh as the artists talk, they show some of the live stuff. Uh, so it's cool that way. It's only about an hour and a half long. And then there was about 45 minutes of interviews with Eddie Trunk, our boy for Rocklahoma, who interviewed Lizzie Hale, uh, Jacoby Shaddix, and uh, Miles Kennedy um, after that. So it was cool in that realm. And it was cool to see that a community I was once a part of get to be featured in a documentary. Um, so that, that was awesome as well. And I should state, I called up Shane because uh, Shane and I wrote a song and recorded it uh, when we attended Rock on the Range. I was hoping I could premiere it tonight uh, after a 13-year layoff, but neither one of us can find the recording. It was called 28 Bands in Just Two Days. Um, it was about how, you know, you were going to this two-day festival. Each day, 14 bands were performing. 28 Bands in Just Two Days. Rock on the range. Rock, rock on the range. I kind of remember it, but it's been a really long time right? since I've actually sang it. Um, and so I, I was hoping I could bring that to the show. I'm still going to look for that, Mike, because I think it would be just a beautiful thing to have on the air. Uh, so we'll be well, looking yeah. for that. You know, the interesting thing wow. about the year we went is that Shinedown was the lead band on day one and Five Finger Death Punch was the lead band on day two. Now both of those bands are the headliners of basically every rock American music festival out there. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I mean, what year was this? You said 2000? 2000... 2008. 
2008. So, yeah, in a matter of 12 years to, to see a band go from an opening slot to, you know, headlining. That's pretty cool. Yep. So, yeah, I hope you find that. Uh, I hope you find that tune. I'd be interested to hear that. So, keep searching. I will keep, keep searching. searching. I don't know if we're ever going to find it, right but we'll, we'll keep trying. Yeah, definitely. Well, this week also saw the release of uh, a new book, Nothing But a Good Time. It's a book on 80s hair metal, the L.A. scene, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, I know you're not a big reader. Um, did you happen to dive into this book at all? Or Yeah, the cool thing was, uh, so uh, I'm actually doing the audio audio version. So buying it off oh, of Amazon, okay. uh, your first book, you get Audible for free. So I'm just having somebody right. read it to me. Um, and it is, nice. it's 16 hours long, Mike. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I think, uh, wow. I, I think I'm two hours into it. And I think it's actually impacting my phone storage. Uh, my phone's been acting strange ever, ever since I downloaded it. So I think my phone's overwhelmed right. by a 16 hour book being on my phone. So I'm going to try to get through that if I can over this next week so I can, you know, take that off of the phone. Uh, so far it's, it's, gotcha. been, it's been cool. Uh, again, they interview tons of folks so far. Um, and, and right now we've kind of gone through uh, the rise of quiet riot, the rise of Motley Crue, the rise of Dokken. Um, who else? There's a couple other bands, but those are the main ones I can think of right now. Uh, so it was a cool little introduction. Corey Taylor did the forward. Um, so he talked about, what his life was like and how MTV changed his basic outlook of life living in Iowa, yeah, uh, being able to see, to see these eighties bands, uh, all about the party, all about the, uh, the hair, all about the chicks, um, and how it really drove him to become the musician that he is today. Oh, Van Halen was the other one. Uh, also talked about Randy Rhodes and twisted sister. So it's, it's, it's been a really cool story and that they, I mean, just interviews with, all these different cats and characters uh, talking about their times, right if they can remember them. I, I don't even know how these people could possibly remember uh, back right. then with all the drugs and alcohol that they've consumed in their life. But they're telling some unique, cool stories. Uh, the, the one about Twisted Sister is really crazy um, uh, because uh, the, the rise of them was the fact that back then uh, you could drink alcohol. I think it was 16 in New York. And so they were selling out shows and making tons of money and having these huge parties because all these bars were allowing, you know, 16 to 20 year olds into their shows. And for the most part, bands back there in New York were, were doing covers and Twisted Sister was not. So like they were just making tons of money and then they changed the liquor uh, law to 21 and like the entire scene dropped out because of that. And Twisted Sister finally uh, got a, a record contract and then became big after that. So it's kind of unique stories of how bands got together and their rise to fame. So, so far I'm enjoying it. And I, I think the rest of the 13 hours of, of the book uh, should be enjoyable <laughs> as well. Right. And it's on my reading list. I'm currently in the middle of, uh, it's called, and in the end, it's the last days of the Beatles. Um, one's a little bit slow to begin with so i'm hoping to get through this here pretty quick and jump into that so pretty pretty excited about that how's so. in, in in the end is that what's called it's called and in the end it's and the last day the of end. the beatles staring at the book right now it's by kevin McNabb. um just basically i'll read the inside jacket McNabb reconstructs for the first time the seismic events of 1969 when the Beatles reached new highs of creativity and new lows of the internal strife that would destroy them. 
between the pressure of being filmed during rehearsals and writing sessions for the documentary, get it back, get back. Their company, Apple Corps, facing bankruptcy, John Lennon's heroin use, and musical disagreements. The world's biggest group was arguing more than ever before, and their formerly close friendship began to disintegrate. In the midst of this rancor, however, emerged this, the disharmony of Let It Be and the ragged genius of Abbey Robe, their incredible farewell love letter to the world. The detailed month-by-month -month account of the breakup features the perspectives of all four Beatles and their roles in the final year, and it's based on new interviews conducted by the author. So there we go. I'm I'm about halfway through it, so we'll How, we'll see. I mean, so far so good. I mean, it is. There's a lot of technical stuff. Um, I didn't realize that um, this cat. I can't remember his name. His last name's Klein, who was the manager of the Stones. Um, actually kind of weaseled his way into managing the Beatles in that last year after Epstein had passed away. So um, it's kind of interesting to see how it's a lot of financial stuff, at least at the front of the book, that's kind of, okay, like I get where all this money, you would think that they were rich, but they weren't. Um, they owed a lot of money to a lot of different places, hmm. and they had a lot of money tied up in the Apple that and Apple was failing. So um, we'll see where it picks up from here. But after I'm done with this, then I will jump in. I won't start new books until I'm finished with the current book I'm reading. Smart. So makes sense. I don't want to get don't want to get mixed up. Sure. So well, so that's cool. I'm, uh, it's always good to see new books come out. So uh, how about we give our thoughts on some album releases that came out recently? Absolutely. Let's do it. First one up is uh, the new release from A Day to Remember. Um, I can honestly say that I do not think I paid any attention to these guys mm. or heard any of their music, which is surprising since they've been a band since like 2003 and have been releasing albums since like 2005. They've got <laughs> right. seven albums. Yeah. Um, the la last latest release is called You're Welcome. It's the first release of theirs in about five years. It's making the longest time in between recordings for them. Um, it currently sits at number 15 on the Billboard Top 200, number two on the Top Rock Hard, hard Rock charts, and number three on the Top Rock and Alternative charts. What was your thoughts on these guys? Have you have you listened to their stuff before? Or? No, uh, much like you, um, I haven't. Uh, I, I saw A Day to Remember um, back in 2014 at a music festival in Canada. Um, I've heard some of their stuff, but, uh, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not real familiar with this rock genre. And again, they kind of come th from this metalcore scene. Um, and I just don't listen to that a lot. What I will tell you about this album is I think it is fantastic. <laughs> I really, I, I love it. <laughs> I think it's great. I, I, I just think it's a really solid, awesome album. I, I find that the tunes to be catchy. Uh, they have some yep. really good heavy moments. It's a really clean record. Like the vocals sound good. Uh, the band yep. to me is just kicking ass, man. I there were so many songs on this album that I love. Uh, the song FYM, which stands for uh, "Fuck You Money," just I just love that song, and I don't know why, but it just each time I've heard it this week, uh, I, I like it more and more each time I hear it. Uh, I think it, the album starts out strong with Brick Wall and Mind Reader. Um, I, I thought uh, High Diving after FYM was great. Um, I think Viva La Mexico is a really good one. I thought Degenerate at the end was good. I mean, this is a 14-song, mm -hmm. 46-minute 
album that I'm like, I want to listen to this more. Now I want to see this band in concert and probably only get like two songs off this album and not know the rest of the set. But I want to, right. I, I want to see, I want to see these guys in concert. Now I have been wanting Rocklahoma to bring like a day to remember and bring me the horizon to Rocklahoma. I don't think it's ever going to happen. So I'm not going to try to guesstimate that a day to remember is going to be on the bill this year, because that doesn't seem to be Rocklahoma's MO, even though they bring us passing Alexandra, even though they brought kill switch engage in the past, they brought under oath in the past. Right. I don't know why they won't bring these particular bands. Uh, they bring of mice and men of mice and men. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm trying to say. Who put yeah. on the shittiest yeah. Rocklahoma performance I've seen there? Uh, but it was also on the shittiest uh... Rocklahoma. <laughs> it is hard to rank. That. You have we, to remember we should, uh, we've seen yeah. we've seen Buck Cherry. Yeah. We've seen you know. I mean, uh, nah. I wouldn't say maybe top 10 shittiest moments well the, but the, the issue with that set is they came out like 15 to 20 minutes late and then their set ended yeah. like 15 minutes early and i was like what the fuck was right. that like they did not give a shit so what i'm trying to say is a day to remember i think this i think this album is great i love it yeah no i mean i i liked it as well um nothing really jumped out to me um as being you know shitty or real good i mean it was just a good solid rock album um it held my interest throughout the whole entire thing which is you know hard to do mm-hmm. but um i i enjoyed it um yeah i mean that that was really about it that i had on it um the second album we it wasn't really an album i mean it was an ep but uh surge i was tanking is that how you say his last that's name? how i say it yeah surge tanking from system of a down we decided we were gonna Check out his EP and then the the two new System of a Down tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just gonna go off. I'm gonna start here. That EP, I, I really like the third song on it. I can't remember how many times. Other than that, I thought it was terrible. Really terrible. I I did not enjoy it at all. In fact, if this is the direction that System of a Down was going. It was going to be really, really disappointing to me. Interesting. Well, I think you're I, I did not like it at all. I, I think there's a reason why this system couldn't get this to work. So, yeah, obviously, uh, the rest of the band agreed with you. Yeah, good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Smart choice. Smart choice. Because I really enjoyed the two tracks that System of a Down put out. You know, um, I really like those. It was a genocidal. Mm-hmm. Humanoids. I can't remember what it was called. Genocide Humanoids, humanoids yeah. and Protect the Land. And Protect the Land. I really I really like those songs. Um, but everything on this EP, except for the third one, I, re- I like the third one, the third song, how many times. But other than that, it was just like, you know, he's always been a unique type of singer. But I felt like it, it was forcing it too much, especially in that first song. Um. I I didn't understand what the hell was going on. I mean, I'm like, I had to start it over a couple times just to make sure I was listening to the correct thing. <laughs> so I just I just didn't dig it. What'd you think of it? Uh, I liked it a lot more than you did. Um, I could see yeah. where I, I could definitely tell parts of this where it was trying to be in that system of a down mold. Uh, because when when I think of System of a Down, I think of bouncy. <laughs> like their songs are just yeah. bouncy metal songs. 
Um, and there, uh-huh. there's some moments in this EP or, or that are definitely in that bouncy mold. Uh, the first uh, song, Elasticity, it was weird because there was some synth in there. Um, it, it's interesting to hear Serge sing by himself without Darren um, also singing yeah. throughout the entire album. Um, so I, I would have liked to have heard what the system guys could have done with these songs because I, I do think, but to me, basically, these songs are like the framework like the start of what a system of a down album could have been. So I can understand where you're coming from because, you know, these it's, we don't get the full system of a down, you know, group doing their work to what this right. could have been. Um, so it's right. like, you know, we're getting, so it's like, we're getting one fourth of it instead of the whole thing. So it's like a demo. Basically. Yeah. So it's like cheap, cheap demos. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, de- de- you know, beginning demos. I mean, so yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying there and I hope that would have been the case. Cause the only song I just didn't like was uh, was Rumi uh, or Rummy, which is a song for his son. And I just don't have a connection to when artists bring out songs to their children or significant others, uh, like you know Chad Gray singing to his <laughs> wife. <laughs> Not to bring that up on a weekly basis, but uh, uh, yeah. uh, I just don't. Yeah, it I, might have to be. Yeah, I just don't have a connection to a song like that. Uh, but the other song is I thought there was some opportunities there to if it could have continued to be worked on, I think we could, we could have had some good stuff. Uh, Your mom was an interesting song. Um, it, it seems like it's, it, it's like Serge taking the, uh, the role of being a reporter in his homeland where there's a genocide going on and, um, right. and just kind of going off on the lyrics. Um, I agree with you on how many times uh, I do like that song, but I, I think my favorite song was actually your mom. Um, how Mars many times is probably second. Yeah, uh, but n- none of them are as good as Protect the Land and, and, and Genocidal Humanoids. So th- those are the, the two state, the two favorites. I was really happy to hear those songs. Yeah, me too. I mean, obviously, I mean, we'll probably, we probably won't get one. I mean, I think these guys are too far away from their visions of what they want to do. You know, so... Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think I think we're done with System of a Down new new music, and you know I think we're at a point to where maybe it doesn't matter. Um, you know, just go on a tour, and they're they're touring annoys the crap out of me, um, right? Because they never hit the Midwest. Like they'll the, the closest they've played to us over the last 15 years is Chicago, uh, which they've played multiple times now. I went to Vegas to see them on their very first reunion tour, and they just I mean, I don't even think they've been to Texas during this time. Like, they just don't come in our yeah. part of the country. They they basically play the West Coast. It's generally like six to eight dates uh, at most, and huh. and then they well, I mean, hopefully they they do some touring. I mean, I I don't care. Like I said, anybody needs a tour, but I would like to see these guys. I I mean, it's been a long time. I saw them for their debut album, but um, I haven't seen anything since. So, you know. You, let's get back to the music, which really matters. So, sure. Um, we were going to go back and uh, we did two albums, obviously. So, we're going to go back and do a throwback album as well. And you suggested we do the System of a Down debut album. Um, I, you know, there's not much to say besides that this album is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a great album, um, start to finish. I, I have nothing bad to say about it. I mean, it's just, it's, I, I actually like this album more than I like Toxicity. Yeah, I agree. I I think it's, I mean, it's metal almost, 
I, I almost said perfection, but I, I don't want to use the word perfection. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's about as close to perfection as you can get to a, a, a hard rock metal album. Um, it's really unique. Um, everything they did is uh, Serge is a unique voice and Darren mm-hmm. singing with them. Um, and it's just really, it's like, it's hard for metal to be catchy, but these guys somehow just made it. Every single song is freaking catchy. To you. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. they just found a way to have make catchy metal and they were so good at it, man. Sugar is such an amazing song. I oh, probably yeah. saw System of a Down on this album uh, probably six or seven times, including really? I believe, yeah, I believe uh, I saw them before this album came out. They went on it. They were doing a club tour uh, with Snot. And I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I'll say it again. Uh, we went and saw Limp Biscuit and Incubus at the New Daisy Theater um, in early June of 98. And at that show, they were handing out flyers uh, for a show happening the next weekend and featuring these two bands that we didn't know for like seven bucks. And it was System of a Down and Snot. And so me and a buddy, uh, Jason Jolly, decided to go. Um, and unfortunately, uh, Wardlaw, who uh, has always hated me for not including him in this trip, uh, but my, my defense has always been I wasn't driving. I wasn't the one to invite people. But we, we should have made sure that Wardlaw got to go with us. Uh, so just me and Jolly went. Um, we sat in the, the balcony at the New Daisy Theater. And there was probably 50 people at this show at Tops. Um, and it was System of a Down and Snot, uh, which uh, ended up between like 98 and 2002 or two of my favorite bands. Um, and, and System of a Down was newer. Snot's album had been out for like a year at that point, I believe. Um, but they just put on an amazing show and you can actually find that show um, on YouTube, the entire performance uh, system of down new days in theater, 1998. If you guys ever want to check that out, it's pretty freaking cool. And I'm pretty confident the person recording it was sitting like right next to where I was at because it shot from far away. And we were up in the balcony. There was like eight of us at, up in the balcony instead of being one of the 50 uh, down on the crowd. So uh, yeah. sugar, sugar was uh, just a, uh, always a kick-ass tune um and i loved it and uh i, I just think these guys are great and I, i'm really disappointed uh that they, <laughs> they they just kind of faded away into oblivion uh due to disagreements in the band um, yeah because i thought what they did was was just phenomenal nope i agree with you 100 percent. i mean um like i said i think i told you i saw them they must have been touring with on this when was this album released june um, of 98 June of 98. Okay, so I would have saw them. It was Lint Biscuit, Red Man, and Meth Man, and, and System of a Down was the opener. Yeah, that was so the Family I, Values uh, 99 tour. What was Family it was, Values? It was, it, it, it was the off-brand of Family Values, like right after Family Values, because I went to that show as well, tour as well. So it was right after Family Values 99 ended, which included Lint Biscuit and Meth Man and System of a Down. Then those three bands went on their own tour, they hit up Memphis, and I'm guessing you saw them in Omaha. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, at the yeah, yeah at uh, the Civic Auditorium. So, good show. They were awesome. I enjoyed them. So hopefully yeah. someday Great I'll get to see them again. So what we need to do though, as well, is update our rankings of albums so far for 2021. What is your top three? We well, should probably go top five. No, yeah, let's top go top four. five. I'll, I'll, top five. Let's okay. do top five. Let's okay. do top five. I'm, I'm gonna put uh, Rob Zombie at number five. Okay. I'm gonna put uh, Chevelle at number four. Okay. I'm gonna put The Pretty Reckless number three. Okay. Dun dun dun. 
Oh my goodness. I'm gonna put the Foo Fighters at number two. Wow. Okay. And this week, debuting in the top spot for my favorite album of the year, I'm going wow. to put a day to remember. Strong words, strong words. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, for me, um, number five would probably have to would be the Foo Fighters. I'll put that at number five. I like that better. Number four, um, day to remember. Wait, nope, I got that screwed up. <laughs> number five. <laughs> we'll have to move it up. Rob Zombie, number five. Day to remember, number four. Number three, Foo Fighters. Um, number two, Pretty Reckless, and number one, Chevelle. I'm a little torn on that Foo Fighters day to remember. That order probably needs to be switched because I enjoy the day to remember more than I did the Foo Fighters. So Chevelle, Pretty Reckless, day to reminder, <laughs> day to remember, Foo Fighters, and Rob Zombie. There we go. Lock it in. Lock it in. <laughs> okay. I mean, we're, we're not too far off from each other here. No, um, we're not. Obviously, we have the same top five. Uh, just a, a little bit of change. And, and look, at, I, I mean, it's possible I could make those changes. Um, yeah, I mean, which is surprising because it doesn't appear we agree with much uh, when it comes to music. Um, <laughs> but uh, we, we do agree with our top five so far. And it could just yeah. simply be because the rest of the albums we've listened to have sucked. Uh, so right. I, I'm interested to see eight months from now where we're at with our top five. Right, definitely. Um, as more and more albums come out, um, especially ones that are are highly anticipated by me mm-hmm. and I think by you as well. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, we've still got Royal Blood. We've still got um, the Dirty Honey album. We've got mm-hmm. um, another Weezer album coming out. What else we got coming out? That Evanescence is coming out. Yeah, no, there's, a, there's a ton. I mean, it's it's only March, so I'm hoping right. there's like another 20 albums and there's bands that we aren't even thinking of at this time that are going to release stuff that we have no news about. So Right, sit back and wait. Uh, well, you know, hopefully, we'll have the j- new Jerry Cantrell by you mm-hmm. know the end of the year. So, um, it'll be exciting to know. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So, um, I noticed as well on the notes that we send back and forth to each other that you had an update on your favorite band list that I'm so super excited to hear. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, uh, I, I, I took your comments last week to. Well, was this after calling uh, me a I, pussy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We we should just we should make it known because this has bothered you all week. <laughs> I I am I apologize for calling you that. Uh-huh. It just it was a slip of the tongue. <laughs> it made no sense to what I was even saying. I don't know what it meant uh, when it came out of my mouth. Um, and I fully one hundred percent apologize for the words and the insult. Uh, that I made to you. Uh, I hope that it will not happen again <laughs> soon. I cannot guarantee that. Right. But we will be doing our best to make sure that uh, that type of language and that type of abuse uh, does not happen again yeah. while we are on this show together. That's good. That's good. I mean, uh, obviously, we're going to have differing opinions, and I'm sure that I will call yours stupid at some point. Um, I'll probably avoid calling you vulgarities, but you never know. You never you know. Never know. You never All right, know. So give me your update. Well, uh, Mike, uh, you know, last week I told you I couldn't put Queen in front of three. Yeah. 
But, you know, I, I, I kept thinking about it. And I was like, well, why? I mean, why am I holding on to this 311 over Queen thing? So I did. I took some time this week. I listened to Queen's Greatest Hits. I listened to the first album from Queen. I was going to listen to more Queen albums, but I ended up just going with the Greatest Hits. Yeah. Uh, I would still like to get some of my fill in with Queen. But once the work week starts, uh, my, my days really go to mm-hmm. shit. So I didn't get to get in an album each day like I was hoping to with Queen. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you know. I went ahead and moved Queen up to number 70 in the ring. Number 70. All right. I like that. How number many 70. of a spot jump is that? You had them in 90. That's, uh, right? I, I, I think, no, I think they were at 98. Oh, wow. so that's a big 28, 28 bump move in one that's week. A huge jump. So just, just know, just know that your words impact me. Good. I'm okay with listening to opinions Good. And, and rethinking my stance. Uh, I have no issues with uh, taking. Uh, constructive criticism wow. and, and looking deep within myself and saying, am I wrong here? Should I right. make a move? And that's nice. what I did. Good. I made a move. Now I have to change completely now, what I was going to say next. <laughs> oh, okay. What were we, we going to well, say Well, basically, it was, was going to say, now that this ridiculousness is over, let's move on to something more grounded in reality. <laughs> <laughs> I did also want This is getting ridiculous. Part three. Yeah, folks, so, part three. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to have to learn how to edit this time, Mike, because uh, there's oh, way too many errors. Yeah. Uh, again, I do think this may have something to do with this 16-hour book that I have on my phone. I'm just going to throw that out gotcha. there. Yeah. I, I've had phone issues ever since I downloaded it, um, and I, I just don't think my, my phone can handle all that data. Um yeah, so it I could be. So I mean, uh, that's yeah, well. Well, hopefully, you can get through some more of it this week, and um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we'll make it happen. I'll fix it. Hopefully, yeah, we can. So, we can move on. Th- those were my updated rankings. I, I've, I'm going to stop moving away from Anchor too because I'm trying to read other stuff on my phone uh, uh, while I'm doing this, and that that could be an impact as well. So yeah, I'm just going to leave my phone as is. I should have brought my iPad in here, but you know, my my rankings are not on my iPad, so that would have done me no good. So anyway, well, why don't you? I've why don't you? Queen do you have those? Do you have those in your notes? Yeah, they're in my notes. Sync sync them to your iPad then. I don't know if I can. I don't know how to sync them to my iPad. You should be able to. My do that. iPad's old school. It's like eighteen years old. Yeah, you should be able to still be able to do it. You should be able to share the note. Share the note. So anyhow, I'll try. To, I'll try to figure it out. Gotcha. Uh, well, let's move on then. I mean, it's the time, and we were almost finished. Today's list. Uh, time for another list. Let's just move on to it. Uh, I think we're gonna yeah. finish out our best players in a band type thing i guess that we had going on best players in a band yeah i don't i don't know you know drummers guitarists singers you know bassists um this one is uh the top list is top five guitarists of all time it's another list are you beating up your keyboard as you speak to us i am slamming on the end table because i'm just just frustrated with how things are going right now. <laughs> this anchor we're, we're, we're having some, irritated me. We're having we're having some bad mo. But you know, last week's uh, recording uh, take away that little drop that we had sounded right. really good. We didn't yeah. have, we didn't have the issue that we've had in the past. So uh, that was that was good. I was happy for that. So yeah, me too. This, definitely. This despite these uh, connection issues we've had, hopefully it will sound just fine. Right. 
All right, so top five guitarists of all time. Um, again, a list that was really tough to come up with, but I think I think I've got it. Okay. Um, my number five is Dimebag. Okay. Um, I think just the riffs, everything that he did in Pantera and Damage Plan um, was just sick, unreal. He just had a sound that was all his own. Um was all around great who's your number five you know i'm gonna say that i actually had a pretty easy time with this list mike this may have been the easiest list i've had so far uh i've had my guitar list for quite some time i I mean there's obviously a a lot of guitars that i love out there right um but to me making a a top five was uh, was pretty easy um and i I just want to state my brother is one of my all-time favorite guitars the dude was a beast on on the guitar before he passed away um, uh, but my fifth is Mike McCready of Pearl Jam. Um, I'm probably always going to put a Pearl Jam dude in my top five, uh, but Mike McCready, uh, I didn't know how good he was, um, until I really started getting back into the Pearl Jam live scene like a decade ago. Yeah. And the dude is just a beast live, man. I mean, he, uh, I mean, you, you can really focus a, a lot of your time on every Pearl Jam show with, with the different members, but Mike McCready just goes wild. Um, and a lot of times he's been he's given the spotlight to just run with it. Um, his solos are amazing. Um, I love the fact that he just walks around in circles uh, over and over and over again. And he likes to do a lot of the the cool guitar things like, you know, putting the guitar behind his head uh, to play solo. He'll get down in the crowd to, to play guitar solos. Um, and he's he's been in so many bands, man. I mean, Mad Season, right. Pearl Jam, Temple of the Dog um he, he's done so, so much stuff out there um i, I just I, lo- I love everything about mike mccready so he's my number five good choice honorable mention for me as well um he's good no doubt um number four for me is prince um a lot of people i think forget about how just how good of a guitar player he was mm-hmm. um you know i always go back to the rock and roll hall of fame concert you know, the jam at the end when they did uh, while my guitar gently weeps and he just mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely killed it. Um, Super Bowl halftime show. I never had the joy of seeing him live in concert, but I can just imagine the stuff that he did during those shows. Um, it was just, just an incredible guitar player underrated. I think on a, by a lot of people. I think you're right. And I actually, uh, I, I, I do uh, an honorable mention on my Twitter each week with these yeah. lists and, and I, I shared that Prince uh, performance of while my guitar gently weeps on Twitter this week. So uh, he was in my honorable mention. My number four uh, is uh, Mr. Slash. Uh, yeah. The, the, one of the king, one of the Kings of cool, man. Um, and I said, I said the same thing about Duff and Slash is just about it is that he's, he's about as cool as you can be uh, with top hat cigarette hanging out of the mouth sunglasses on um and the dude just destroys on stage and an album he just makes sweet sweet sounds on the guitar he's great at what he does and a great performer oh yeah agreed i mean again i mean it just goes to show you that there's so many that are that are so good that should be up there um Mm -hmm. but then i think you get into the top three and at least in my book uh, my number three is jimmy page because again, there's a guy that was a complete innovator, um, just a hell of a guitar player. Um, you know, who, who's right and who's wrong, you know? And I guess that's not really the whole idea behind these lists, but 
that's just one that I enjoy listening to. Yeah, well, I mean, clearly I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> right. Just put that put that to rest. Uh, Jimmy Page was in my honorable mention. Uh, I don't think we have to discuss uh, your love of Led Zeppelin versus my right. love there. We already know about it. Uh, number yeah. three for me is Mr. Dimebag. Um, basically, that's, you know, repeat the same thing you did. I mean, the, the dude uh, and, and Pantera was just an amazing band of people. Mm-hmm. Um, each each guy was cool within their own right, but uh, you know Phil had that unbelievable metal voice. But I mean, the the band was really driven by Dimebag's guitar work, um, and he was just filthy uh, at it. Um, and when you watch those home videos of Pantera, he also seems like one of the coolest human beings in the world, uh, dude that you would love to get drunk with and probably puke everywhere because he drinks way too much. Uh, yeah, but a, uh, uh, on, on stage, man, Dimebag was a force to be reckoned with. Never had the joys of seeing that either, but um, just what I've seen in you know video and and other live performances that are out there on YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah, he just absolutely was just a beast. So number two for me is uh, Clapton. You know, Clapton is God. So it, that was all over the place. Um, guy just had his hands in all kinds of different stuff could play pretty much any type of style that you wanted him to play um that's really that's really it no, nobody is well there's one person that's better but yeah number two i think i know where you i think i know where your list is going at this point uh did i mention clapton in my uh my concert memories of this year this this date uh, yeah I, yeah I saw clapton okay you did mention yeah. it uh, it was a it was an honor to see a, a, a Mr. Eric Clapton in concert, and you are correct. He is an outstanding guitar player, yeah, uh, amazing performer. Um, and he's he's done it all. I um, mean, we we can certainly thank Eric Clapton for having that Crossroad Festival, um, which is basically a whole bunch of guitarists getting together. Two years ago, they were in Dallas. I would have loved to have gone for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Two nights of uh, guitarists just going off. Uh, in concert would have been amazing. My number two is Mr. Tom Morello uh, of Rage Against the Machine. Um, and one of my, I don't generally go out of my way to try to meet musicians. I, I just do my own thing. But I had the pleasure and the honor to meet Tom Morello um, at a radio show in, I want to say, 2014, I think. He was performing yeah. as the Night Watchman, which is his solo band. And he was just kind of chilling, uh, getting signatures for you know, one of his political uh, purposes and there was nobody around him. So I just went up to him and I was like, hi, Mr. Morello. Uh, can I speak to you? And he was uh, very gracious and very cool, but man, that, that right. was one of the most awestruck moments of my life. What Tom Morello does on a guitar, uh, very few people do. Um, he's extremely creative. He's always trying to find new ways <laughs> to use the guitar and the music. Yep. Um, and he's just phenomenal at it. He was another guy that was on this Long Live Rock documentary. Um, I love listening to him talk because he's just uh, crazy intelligent. Um, as intelligent he is in life, he's he's that extraordinary at the guitar. So, well, not only that, but he's extremely he's extremely passionate about it as well, which is fun. It, it's fun. It's fun to watch him talk about other artists and the excitement that he gets when he's talking about other artists. I mean, it, it's so cool. And um, before people call BS on your Tom Morello, there is a picture floating around of you, the missus and him. Yeah. 
Is that from that same yeah. event? Okay, sweet. So, yeah, I've seen it. It is verified. He has met Tom Morello. Kind of jealous of that. Yeah, so. there, there, there is a photo out there. If I, 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 We could make it our photo album, that photo cover for this particular episode. If yes. only I could find that photo. Uh, I don't yeah. know where it's at currently, but it's out there somewhere. Um, I'm gonna I'm well, gonna get it and we'll share it. We'll share it with the crowd at one point. Right, definitely. Yeah, just send it over and I'll get it. Uh, we'll get it posted up there. So awesome. Well, my number one, and this is actually a new one for me. Um, I can't say that I really ever fully appreciated this guy until his passing, which is kind of sad to say. But it's Eddie Van Halen. Um, and you kind of weighed on me about that as well, because I think at one time I was like, well, you know, Eddie Van Halen is not that good. And I think we got in a nice long discussion about that. And you, you might have, uh, exactly, you might have swayed me a little bit on that. So um, Eddie Van Halen, I mean, he really did reinvent how people played and what they looked for in solos and just had an awesome time doing it so um eruption is insane the stuff he did with van halen was just it was just unbelievable so yeah that, that's my number one wow i thought you were gonna hit me with hendrix for number one no nope. um, we agree we got our number ones nice. together look at that wow uh, my number one is eddie van halen man hands down and for me it's not close uh one eddie van halen his influence on my brother uh, yeah, I, I've been watching Eddie Van Halen since I was a wee little one. Uh, the dude is just a, a monster on the guitar, and his guitar solo that he does on the uh, Van Halen 5150 Live Without a Net video, which is released like in 1986, I, I think, is probably probably the first concert video I ever watched. His, his guitar solo was just mesmerizing in what he did on the guitar. Um, the, the dude was just a monster, and he. Uh, continues to inspire um, guitarists uh, on a daily basis, without a doubt. People want to be right. uh, the next Eddie Van Halen. He is the Air Jordan of guitar players. That's what I would say. Nice, yeah. He's phenomenal. He's just he's just phenomenal at what he does. I agree one hundred percent. So, um, yeah, you thought I was going to hit you with Hendrix, huh? Yeah. Huh. Hendrix is good. I mean, again, I just. You know, honorable mention. Um, you could put Tony Iommi up there as well. You know, yeah. So I don't yeah, know who else you have a, in your honorable mentions. Yeah, my honorable mention was Hendrix, uh, and then I I, I kind of hit up the the, the guitars uh, virtuosos who just do the guitar work: Ingve Malmsteen, Steve Vai, right. Joe Satriani. Uh, I love Zach yeah. Wild as well. Kirk Hammett, uh, um, Randy Rhodes. Um, plus B.B. King, some of those blues guitars who do a really mm -hmm. good thing. And, you know, another guy I, I like a lot is Joe Bonamassa. Um, he, he, he continues to put out really good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Saw him a couple of years ago in, in Lincoln. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's, just, he's a great guitar player as well. So, yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty impressive that our number one's matched up. So, yeah, like we'll, uh, good job. We'll, we'll, we'll end it on the positive note. Indeed. Um, well, a somewhat positive note, because looking forward to next week's show, um, We'll check out the new Evanescence. I don't know why, because what oh, I've heard boy. of it doesn't excite me. Mm. Um, hopefully, the rest of the album is better than the singles they put out. Um, I also which think is unlikely, out, probably. Um, <laughs> I was. It's a safe bet. Um, if you're an Evanescence fan, you 
you know, you may want to just, at you know, close your ears when I talk and let Will talk. So, um, I think we should also check out that latest release from the Kings of Leon as well. You mentioned last week that we should check that out. Check what so, out? That that latest release from Kings of Leon. We have a bad connection because I don't know what you're saying. Can you hear me now? Yeah, try it one more time. Kings of Leon. We should Kings listen of Leon. to that. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we should check that out. Cause you had mentioned that before that we should check that out. So yep. I think we should listen to that one as well. And I think we'll just skip the throwback album for okay. this week and just listen to those two. All righty. It's uh, it's just not agreeing. So we got to get to the, let's let's try to get to the end. So we're gonna listen to Evanescence and Kings of Leon. What's the list? The of list the of the week will be the final examination of a rock band with our top five drummers. Okay, that's all okay. I got for this week. You got any closing thoughts? No, uh, we apologize. Obviously, if, if this is a poor sounding quality. Uh, you know, we're, we'll, we strive to do better on a weekly yes. basis, and this connection just didn't work out very well this not. week. Uh, so hopefully I'll be done with the book, and we'll see if that makes the difference. It could not be related to the book. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it may just be it may just right. be something else. But uh, not, not the best connection, but I, I hope the sound quality at least makes for an entertaining show because I thought it was an entertaining show, as yeah. always, uh, to discuss some music with you. So it well, I will, I will get issues. my editing skills put to the test and uh we will go from there and hopefully deliver a better product next week so until then folks stay safe be well get your vaccines and oh yeah. uh, one more thing just want to say uh, uh uh my brother michael uh released a new uh episode of uh prez yeah. forecast um, you should check that out. This one's uh, a little different than what he's been doing. This one uh, particular uh, was a personal, a, a enjoyable topic for me because he really ranted on the cancel culture of the last couple of weeks that we're, we're having to deal with in politics. So it was a good episode. Good. Yeah, so I'll check that out. That if you have the chance. I will check that out. So, And, of course, listen to Off the Rails with Doug and Will. Um, little teaser. There's going to be some surprise guests. Um, for a segment, yeah. so we'll keep that one under under wraps until then. Um, good stuff going on over there, so make sure you check those clowns out. <laughs> Indeed, Mike. You as well. Have a good night. All Enjoy right, we'll talk week. to you soon. Look forward to your edit. Bye. Goodbye.